Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. Nuanez now live from it's not Century League Arena anymore. Riley Corker just pointed out it's actually the Idaho Central Arena now, but we are live from Boise and the Northern Arizona Weber State women. They are underway two nothing. Any of you just hit a bucket for those in Montana that want to tie to this game? Well, Lori Payne, the head coach of Northern Arizona, she is the head coach for the Northern Arizona Lumberjacks and her seventh seeded NAU team. Likely a big favorite in this game against Weber State. Thanks to all of our great sponsors from around the state of Montana for sending us to the Big Sky Tournament here in Boise. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really excited to be here. And uh, one of those great sponsors is Carlton Locations in Missoula, North Reserve, South Avenue, and First Street in Hamilton. Visit ktexpresslube.com for more info. I am Coulter Nuanas. It is Nuanas now. You are listening to 102.9 ESPN Missoula, or you're watching on state tele- statewide television on SWX Montana. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can find it on the podcast. We did the Montana Basketball Hour, presented by Stockman Bank of Montana. We went through all of the state championship results from over the weekend at the Class A level. We also talked about the uh, seedings for the Montana schools and the Big Sky Conference tournaments here this week. And we also talked about potential tournament scenarios, which included if the Lady Grizz can take care of business tonight against Sacramento State, they will play against Montana State tomorrow night. Also a potential collision for the Weber State and Montana men on Thursday in the men's quarterfinals as well. 
We will have a bunch of great guests joining us throughout the week, one of whom has been a big contributor to this show the last couple months, Krista Redpath. She is our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst. She's also doing the color commentary for every single one of these women's games. So she is working right now, if you're watching in on the live stream. that's You're hearing her uh, call with Jenny Cavanaugh. But I caught up with Krista earlier today to sort of recap the uh, the finish of the regular season, talk some all-conference awards, and also preview this tournament. If you haven't heard from the Montana angle, you had a couple all-conference selections. Darian White was a first-team all-league selection for Montana State, also the defensive player of the year for MSU. Tori Martell was a second-team all-league pick for the Bobcats. On the Montana side, Carmen G. Feller and Abby Anderson, both. Third-team honorable mention all-league selections. Excuse me, just third-team all-league selections. So here's my conversation with Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst from earlier today. The first of many interviews from the Central League Arena in Boise. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference women's basketball analyst, joining me. It's not quite yet around the Big Sky women's hoops. We'll do that on Thursday. But Monday, the tournament gets kicked off, and that's going to be a busy day. Krista, you have to be pretty excited. You're going to be calling all the games this whole week with Jenny Cavanaugh. So this is a, this is a great day for you guys. It is. It's exciting. Tournament time is here. You know, this is the season start. It's over, Coulter. So all these teams battling to get these top five seeds, or maybe they didn't get the top five with the bye, um, it starts over now. We look pretty smart after all of our uh, analysis these last couple months. The top three seeds, pretty much exactly how we thought they were going to go. Maybe the sort of surprise was Northern Colorado's surge towards the end to get a bye, and maybe the Lady Grizz getting left out of the seeding and Southern Utah getting enough games in to get that bye. But overall, it seems like the top six were kind of how we expected them to play out. Um, Coulter, we have it all figured out. <laughs> so, uh, um, yes, that's how I did see it. Um, I mean, Northern Colorado was that X factor. I mean, you look at them just two weeks ago, where were they going to go? They you know, had a four-game sweep, and they're on a nice winning streak, obviously led by Alicia Davis, that is our MVP of the conference, and strong on both ends of the floor. So I look to that team to make some to, to make some waves in this tournament. Well, conference stuff came out yesterday. You mentioned Alicia Davis from Northern Colorado. Uh, I sort of had a double take because she is so talented and so physically dominant. When I read in the release that she was a sophomore, I had forgotten that she's only a sophomore. I was thinking, wow, that's amazing. And then you look at the first team all league, and Darian White is only a sophomore as well. And so. And beyond speed. And beyond speed, right? Exactly. So, so you have three out of the five first team all league uh, players as sophomores. So that's an impressive thing. Bodes well for the Big Sky for their future. Uh, but you and I talked about this league, and we thought that the top three teams all had multiple all conference players. And so I think that that actually was the number one reason why Alicia Davis, who is deserving of the MVP, certainly, because I do think she's the best individual talent, and she had probably the best statistics. But I think that's another reason why she kind of got it, because I think that probably multiple Idaho girls, multiple Idaho State girls sort of stole votes from each other, so to speak. Right. I mean, I think, you know, after visiting with Coach Sobolewski this last week, I don't think he had high expectations of what they were going to do for the individual awards. He said, collectively, we are a great team, and we have multiple players that step up at different times. I mean, you look at Delaney Moore. She was just critical this last weekend. You've had Callie Bourne step up at different times. Um, Steph yours, in addition to Diaba and Dora. Um, I did think it was interesting that they didn't get those placements with Callie or Steffi on any of the other teams. Um, but a credit to Idaho State. Dora is so solid and deserves to be on the first team. 
that was my only beef with the list. I thought that we, we kind of broke it down that we thought Montana State would get Darian White and Tory Martell in some form or fashion. They did. Darian White from Montana State, by the way, also the defensive player of the year in the league. I thought Tory Martell played well enough down the stretch to maybe have a, a case for first team, but she gets second team, which is, a, a, I mean, it's a great award because that means you're a top 10 player in the league. Idaho, we kind of thought that Gina Marks and Gabby Harrington and Beyonce Bay would all be uh, on the all-conference team. That, that was the case. We knew Alicia Davis would be there. We figured Liz Grizz from Southern Utah would be there, but uh, I, the only beef I had was that I thought that all four Idaho State girls deserved to be on the list at some form or fashion, and I, I, I think that the biggest snub is Callie Bourne. I talked last week on the show. I thought Callie Bourne was good enough to be the MVP. I think if you watch the totality of the game, the fact that she can play on and off the ball, she can guard on the perimeter and in the post. She is a creator, but also she's probably the best rebounding non-post in the league, and by all accounts, when you watch them, she looks like their leader. It seems like everybody else looks to her when things are going awry. And that's not to take anything... I mean, you can tell that Golis is sort of the, the positive uplifter, right? Uh, Steffi Ors is, is... She's the veteran. She's the savvy, calm one. Uh, Kanate is kind of the spark plug. And then... Bourne is the one that calm that, that steers the whole ship, and so I was just I thought it was frustrating that she didn't get on the list because I think she definitely deserved to be recognized in some form or fashion. I agree. I think she's the catalyst for that team. I will say this, Coulter. There's a whole other team to make this week, so Idaho State has a chance to put themselves even more in the record books. Callie Bourne can solidify herself on this all tournament team, and I'll tell you, the MVP and the all tournament team that people remember the most is the tournament. So I, I look to Idaho State to definitely have some players on that list. It's a great point. You listen to Nuana now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula, also watching SWX Montana Television. We are broadcasting from Boise. Krista Redpath, our Big Sky Conference Women's Basketball Analyst, joining us. And I remember, Krista, I think it was 2017, maybe 2018, when Mike Ogine from the Montana men's team uh, was sort of snubbed, and he was, I think, an honorable mention all-conference guy. And I remember interviewing him, and he said, hey, there's another MVP to win, and then he went out and won league. He won tournament MVP, and they went to the NCAA tournament. And that's the one I think is the one that really you can go get it this week. I think it'll be interesting to see who who claims that because I do think there are several players that are going to kind of want to uh, seize that award, right? Right. I think Idaho. You know, they've had some COVID issues. Even if these players do get um, you know released to play, they've had a break now. Um, so I think there's some questions on what's going to happen with Idaho. I think Montana State is raring to go. They came right from Sacramento. They're here. They're ready. They're ready to go. So I definitely look at Idaho, Idaho State, Montana State to be in the mix, Northern Colorado, Southern Utah sliding in there. But then we've also seen in, in the historical tournaments that we always have a team that comes out from underneath on those seedings and just puts together a great tournament. Um, we've seen Eastern Washington do that two years ago. They were a number six seed. So I think this is what makes it exciting, Coulter, is we'll see who's going to put together three or four great games of basketball this week. We're sitting here recording this on Monday morning, full disclosure. So by the time this airs, the first game of the Big Sky Tournament will already have taken place. Portland State and Eastern Washington will give you a quick update and just a half a minute on that game. And we'll probably be playing this around 5 o'clock, so that means the second game between Weber State and Northern Arizona will be taking place. But the one that most of our listeners in the great state of Montana are going to be wondering about tonight, Krista, is the 8 p.m. nightcap. The Lady Grizz taking on Sacramento State. The Lady Grizz had this great surge during the middle of the regular season, five-game winning streak to put themselves in a position for a bye. Then they had 
had a three-game losing streak down the stretch, but it was two of the be- two best teams in the league. So where are we at with the Lady Grizz? And uh, to me, I actually think that there's a certain element of this being a, a good thing that they're playing in the first round because they can kind of get a, co- uh, a boost of confidence before they go to that quarterfinals if they can take care of business against Sac State. I definitely think the opening round teams have a leg up in terms of being familiar with the floor. These these kids are not getting in the arena to actually have a practice, have shoot-arounds, so they go in an hour before their game and they have to play. Montana matches up really well against Sac State, beat them during the regular season. I feel like they, I sat in on their film session last night and I was really impressed with the upbeat attitude and Coach Petrino has them coached up. Um, they were going through all the different players and I feel like they're going to they're gonna get that one tonight. It is a, it's a really good matchup for Montana, honestly, because Sac, they pressure you a lot. Montana's two posts, Abby Anderson and Carmen G. Filler, can run the floor so well. And so if they can just break the press, then all of a sudden you have your two best scores in transition pretty much all the time. So I think they both have a chance to have huge nights. Right. And Montana basketball for Coach Petrino is inside out. So I think they're trying to get it to Abby and Carmen, and then good things should happen. They just have to get some perimeter help tonight. And it'll be it's fun to always watch which kids do step up because this is an opportunity for them and an opportunity for all those kids that maybe are in shooting slumps to shoot their way out of it. Chris Redpath, this is the first of many hits throughout the week. Thanks so much to all our great sponsors for sending us to Boise, including Brent Brent Wahlberg of Wintermere Real Estate, the Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. More on Nuanas now after this. There you go, Chris Redpath from earlier today. Thanks so much to Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team from Wintermere Real Estate. We're going to keep on marching on. Here's a little bit from Brooks Nuanas from earlier today as well. You listen to 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Thanks to all of our great sponsors for sending us to Boise, including Crawford's Automotive. Crawford's Automotive on West Broadway, Missoula. They do any work you need on any vehicle you have. Brooks Nuanez doubling up the Nuanez now. You're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. More from the Big Sky Tournament. We're going in and out. we got a whole bunch of games to do today, so this is actually being recorded before the games get underway. We are doubling up on a little Nuanez now. Brooks Nuanez from SkylineSportsMT.com joining me, Coulter Nuanez. We do this about once a week, but now we are doing it live and in person from the Grove Hotel at the CenturyLink Arena and uh, Big Sky Tournament's back. This is, what, year six of us covering this thing? It's got to be, uh, I know it's a little different this year, but we're still having a great time already. We're happy to be back in Boise. Year six seems like a long time, but yeah, three years in Reno, three years in Boise. Uh, the neutral site tournament has proven to be a really fun event. Um, as far as how the teams end up faring in the big dance, we're still yet to be seen. You know, the neutral site should be uh, the style of tournament that helps a team prepare for a neutral site big dance in the in the in the tournament of 64 nationally. But so far, we have not had a tournament win come from the neutral site tournament. But a lot of of chaos and fun at these neutral sites. Uh, things are a little different this year with a little less fans um, than usual, but uh, really fun to be back, especially because last year was ground zero, uh, where COVID broke out, and now we're back in action, and it feels pretty good a year out. As this is being played, we're going to be in the midst of the second game of the women's tournament, Northern Arizona versus Weber State, 7th seeded NAU and uh, 10th seeded Wildcats. Later on this evening, Lady Grizz will play. That's an 8 p.m. game, so we'll have updates for you tomorrow on Nuanez now. Well, let's start there, Brooks. We uh, The tournament got, got kicked off with the individual awards yesterday. The women's awards came out for all conference. And then today, the men's awards get going for all conference. So the women, uh, headlined by Alicia Davis from Northern Colorado getting the MVP. And I think that... Um, 
wasn't that surprising only because I think that the top three teams, Idaho State, Idaho, and Montana State, each had at least two, in, in Idaho State's case, probably at least three, maybe even four, and in Idaho's case, definitely three players that were all all-conference caliber and perhaps MVP caliber, and so I think that they all sort of stole votes from each other, so it was hard to delineate between Dora Goles and uh, Diaba Canote and uh, Estefania Ors and Callie Bourne. Hard to delineate between G- Gabby Harrington, Gina Marks, and Beyonce Bay, and hard to pick between Darian White, Tori Martell. All of those young ladies, and Tori Martell and Darian White obviously from Montana State, all those young ladies did land on all-conference teams, but Alicia Davis is sort of the standalone in Northern Colorado winning uh, 10 out of the last 13 games to get into the tournament and to surge into that spot as the four seed Plus the fact that she's probably the most physically dominant player and uh, had the best statistical production, the only double-double per night in the league. Uh, all those sides kind of point to that's why I think it was actually probably not that surprising that she was the MVP. Yeah, she's probably the most valuable player. Like you mentioned, all those other gals are really good. And they, they all got all-conference nods, but the most valuable player as far as... around the league goes would be Alicia Davis. I mean, she's she's driven that team to a, a really impressive record, a team that, you know, isn't quite as talented as, as the three teams we named in Idaho, Idaho State, and Montana State. Um, Alicia Davis is a really physically dominant player, as you mentioned. If, you, if, if listeners have not seen her, she's worth watching. Um, she's really impressive, especially for a sophomore. I think at one time she has, uh, she was a state champion high jumper in Colorado. Um, she's a really impressive athlete and worth watching. Still a little bit raw. Um, I think her development and her ceiling is extremely high. Well, on the men's side, the awards came down the pipe, oh, just about an hour ago, if we're uh, talking about real time here on Monday morning in Boise, and uh, Tanner Gross, Eastern Washington, is the league MVP. That's the fourth time in five years that an Eastern Washington center has won the league MVP. The rest of the first team all league included Isaiah Brown from Weaver State, who is also the newcomer of the year after transferring from Northwestern by way of Grand Canyon College. Kim Aiken from uh, Eastern Washington is also on the first team. He is a uh, junior, and he, he's the defensive player of the year. Tavion Jones from Southern Utah, who I thought also could have been in the mix as newcomer of the year after transferring to Southern Utah from Illinois. He is on the first team. And Cam Shelton, a junior guard from Northern Arizona. So the only uh, senior on the first team is Isaiah Brown from Weber State. The rest, all juniors. Second team, Ethan Esposito, although Brian Katz said Esposito on my show the other day, and I think that Brian Katz, Sac State head coach, would know better. So we're going to get a pronunciation uh, confirmation on Ethan from Sacramento State because uh, we've been calling him Ethan Esposito this whole time, but uh, it might be Esposito. We'll see. Regardless, one of the better players in the league from Sac State, a second-team all-league pick, Mason Fawcett from Southern Utah, as well as John Knight III from Southern Utah, land on the second team, uh, as does Seiko Sehojo Jawara from Weber State, as well as Xavier Bishop from Montana. State. The third team, a couple more Bobcats. Amin Adamu lands on the third team for Montana State, as well as Jabril Bello. The third team rounded out by Northern Colorado junior Bodie Hume, Idaho State junior Tarek Cool, and Northern Colorado junior Matt Johnson. What is the common thread here? Well, of all 15 of the all-conference players, only Isaiah Brown, Ethan Esposito, John Knight III, Xavier Bishop, and Amin Adamu are seniors. Everybody else, non-seniors. The honorable mention included James Scott of Portland State, Kyle Owens from Montana, Braden Parker from Idaho State, Bryce Fowler from Sac State, Dre Marine from Southern Utah, Robert Ford III from Idaho State. Again, the individual award winners, Tanner Groves from Eastern Washington, is the MVP. Isaiah Brown from Weber State, the newcomer of the year. Dylan Jones from Weber, the freshman of the year. I thought that was a highly contested award, too. You have to think that both Josh Bannon and Brandon Whitney from Montana got some uh, votes in that one as well. 
Kim Aiken from Eastern Washington is the Defensive Player of the Year and the top reserve, Tyler Robertson from Eastern Washington. Brooks, EWU, not the outright champions, but they do dominate the awards, winning both uh, MVP Defensive Player of the Year and Top Reserve, and landing several players on the all-conference teams. Uh, it seems to be that these were pretty – this was pretty good. I, I, usually we have a, some disputes, but it seems like at least from the individual awards as well as the first and second team all-conferences, pretty, pretty good. This is pretty much how we would have picked it. It's perfect. It's exactly how I voted. Um, internally, we, we did a podcast just a week and a half ago or so talking about this, and uh, it's pretty much chalk as far as the – the first team in the awards go for me. Um, Eastern Washington, I believe, is the best team. I think they're the toughest matchup. Uh, Southern Utah and Weber State both, you know, pose pose a big. Uh, are both very competitive teams in the league as well. Uh, they both they both come into this tournament with aspirations to win it. But I think Eastern is the most talented team. Um, so I think that as far as the awards go, it's exactly how I would have voted them with Tanner Groves uh, headlining with the MVP. Listen to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. I'm Coulter Nuanez. I'm being joined by Brooks Nuanez. We're broadcasting right now from the 12th floor of the Grove Hotel. We are at Century Lake Arena, the Grove Hotel. The arena is actually inside. That's kind of confusing to some people sometimes, but we actually stay pretty much at the arena, which is convenient no matter what, but during COVID times is amazing. Guys, say thank you to all of our great sponsors for sending us to Boise as well as sending us on our trip to Indianapolis for the Montana for the uh, NCAA men's tournament next week. Particularly thanks to Aspen Sound. Aspen Sound of Missoula. If you need your windows tinted before the summer, you need a car, stereo system installed, maybe you want to get your boat all decked out, head on down to Aspen Sound. Aspen Sound has been locally owned and operated in Missoula for more than five decades. And uh, Tav and the boys, they'll hook you up. The tournament overall, Brooks, the women's is going to start today. The men's is going to commence on uh, Wednesday. So two days of women's basketball action, and then uh, the men's action gets underway. On the women's side, the seeds played out basically how we thought, except for the fact that Southern Utah did get their 10 required games in, so they end up inching up their way to getting the fifth seed, even though they only played 11 conference games. Northern Colorado got 19 league games in. They won 12 league games, so they get the four seed, and then the top three kind of has its been all year. Idaho State the one, Idaho the two, Montana State the three. We thought that that was going to be how it played out. Um, and then the Lady Grizz, maybe we thought, might be in the mix for a bye, and that was not the case. Uh, Montana plays again tonight, Monday night, 8 p.m. against Sacramento State. And then the winner of that game, which will likely be Montana, will then take on Montana State in the quarterfinals. So we might have Cat Grizz round three in the quarterfinals. So just your overall take on the, uh, the first couple days here of the women's tournament. Well, that will probably be the headliner as far as the the exciting matchup to see if the Lady Grizz can pull off a win tonight um, and then get to play Montana State, which is, you know, it's been a, a pretty interesting matchup. Montana State's won handily, but it's always fun um, to get Cat Grizz round three, especially on a neutral floor. It's, you know, sometimes a little bit different. And, and the third game, you know, it's oftentimes, it's hard to beat a team three times. Uh, I think that that is a narrative in all of sports. Uh, but in women's basketball, neutral site. I think anything's up for grabs. Um, it's also exciting. There's a couple, you know, those early games are, it's always fun to see if there's a team that g- can grab momentum. These early games, uh, you know, a lot of, as we mentioned, not a ton of fans in the stands, but if a team gets hot and, and it has a good showing in those early games, then they go into face a team that had a bye um, that's been cold, you know, that's been sitting for days. Oftentimes, what we talked about earlier, uh, Coulter and I, about sitting in a hotel room by yourself. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, players are not doubled up in hotel rooms. Um, they are by themselves. They are, in a way, quarantining until game time. Um, and many of them from last Thursday, or from this last Saturday's weekend's matchup. So, 
you, you get a team with some momentum that, that wins that first game and you go into that uh, that second round facing a team off a of bye, uh, that can cause a little chaos. And that's the fun part about uh, March Madness. Men's tournament gets kicked off on uh, Wednesday. The This is a strange scenario in general because... The Montana men and women are both the six seeds. I don't know if we've ever seen that where both Lady Grizz and Ben Grizz are playing in the first round of the tournament. We've certainly never seen it during the neutral site tournament. But Wednesday's schedule is going to be jam-packed. We're going to have three men's games and then two women's games. So 9 a.m. tip for the first game, 9 p.m. tip for the last game. So that will be a, definitely an arduous day. But the men's seedings played out like this. Wednesday's games will feature number 9, Sac State, versus number 8, Northern Colorado in the morning, then number 10, NAU, versus number 7, Portland State at noon, and then number 11, Idaho, versus number 6, Montana at 3 p.m. Thursday's games, so then Utah gets the one seed. They will play the Sac State, Northern Colorado winner at 11 a.m. on Thursday. The Bobcats get the five seed. They'll play fourth seed at Idaho State, the first matchup between those two teams at 2 p.m. on Thursday. Then number 2, Eastern Washington, gets the NAU Portland State winner at 5 p.m. on Thursday and then Weber State gets the winner of the Montana versus Idaho game on Thursday as well. Uh, A couple intriguing things here, Brooks. I mean, the first round it is what it is. I think that both the 8-9 game between Northern Colorado and Sac State could be intriguing just in terms of being competitive. I think that the Northern Arizona Portland State game could be competitive. I don't think a lot of people expect the Montana-Idaho game to be competitive, but even though Idaho is sitting here with one win, they do have four seniors, that, uh, and they're playing in their home state. This could be their last go-around. So, I mean, hard to say those first two matchups. You can't really say chocks. I think all those teams are even, but the Grizz likely have the upper hand, but can you see any scenario where Idaho maybe comes up and bites Montana? Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, when you have four seniors, you're playing your last game. It's definitely a scenario that's a whole lot different than what Montana plays with, you know, primarily playing three freshmen and, you know, a handful of sophomores. Uh, It'll be a challenge for the Grizz. I think it has been all year, every matchup. They haven't had a lot of games going away. Um, I don't see Idaho coming, uh, you know, being able to prevail in this style of tournament. I think Montana, especially with Travis Takir at the helm, um, such an experienced coach in these kind of scenarios, uh, I think that Montana can prevail. But, you know, I think most of those games will be competitive. I think that's just kind of the nature of the league this year. Um, a little bit down talent-wise, but a little bit more even, especially, you know, COVID balances things out, and the neutral site does as well. Bobcats, Idaho State. Montana State had such a uh, calamity the last month of the season. Their 6-0 in Big State Conference play going into Kakariz. They'd already had 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 a cancellation against Southern Utah. But then they had the Kakariz weekend canceled. So they're off for a while. And then they come back and they have to play the two best teams in the league in Eastern Washington and Weber State. I guess Southern Utah is in that mix as well. But definitely the two toughest matchups, I think, for the Bobcats are the are Eastern and Weber. So they lose four in a row. So they're sitting at 6-4. But looks like they have a bounce-back weekend coming up against Idaho State. And then those get called off, and then Montana State's off for 12 days, and they got to go on the road to play at Idaho. They stub their toe. They hand the Vandals their first win. But since then, Montana State did win two out of three down the stretch to get that five seed, and they're into the quarterfinals of the Big Sky Tournament for the second year in a row. That's the first time in a generation that they have been into the quarterfinals with a first-round by in the tournament two consecutive years. But it's an interesting fold, right? Last question for you, the fact that these two teams, Idaho State and Montana State, have not ever played this season. Um... I think that there's a lot of skeptics about Idaho State because they didn't play some of the best teams in the league. But 
those skeptics had to really have their heads turned when Idaho State went on the road and beat Eastern Washington last Thursday, and that was the thing that cost Eastern the league title. So, uh, just this matchup in general, it's a, it's a strange one, right? Two second-year coaches in Danny Sprinkle and Ryan Looney, and they haven't yet played yet this year. There's a lot of interesting factors with the Bobcats' first game on Thursday. Yeah, I think absolutely it's probably the most interesting game of the, of the first couple days. Uh, both coaches are, are interesting. They're young. Um, they have cool systems and, and, and some talented players. I think Idaho State, you know, I'm not one who have slept on Idaho State. I thought they've been good. I've seen them play. Um, I've been impressed. Uh, they have quite a bit of talent, but Montana State does too. Um, Montana State's defensive struggles, we've chronicled them well. Um, they've struggled, you know, especially in the middle part of the season. They really hit a, a pretty big speed bump uh, defensively, but they've they've rallied a bit, and I think it'll be a relatively high-scoring game. There's a lot of guys that can put the ball in the hoop in that game, and um, it's definitely the one that I'll probably be the most excited for as far as matchup-wise. Everything can play out differently once the ball's tipped, but matchup-wise, um, when you look at the brackets, it's an exciting one. Listen to Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, statewide SWX Montana Television. We are broadcasting from Boise, Idaho. We're at the Big Sky Tournament all week. Stan Bisturn will have updates for you on each and every one of the games. Thanks so much to all of our great sponsors for helping send us down to Boise, including Carl Tyler Express Lube. If you need a quick oil change, swing on into a Carl Tyler Express Lube. They'll get it done for you. Keep that car humming along. That is definitely essential, especially when you live in Montana. Tyler Express Lube in Missoula with locations on North Reserve, South Avenue, and First Street in Hamilton. Visit KT Express Lube. Tack on for more issue, more info, excuse me. And uh, also one of our proud sponsors, Aspen Sound. Aspen Sound wants to get you ready for summer with window tinting for your car and stereos for your boat. Aspen Sound located at 1300 West Broadway in Missoula. Second game of the Big Sky Women's Tournament is marching along. 29-16, NAU leads Weaver State 5 43 left in the second quarter. Back on Nuanas now. Grizz Greats, Sean Gokachia, right after this. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Thanks so much for tuning in to Nuanez now. I'm not in Montana, I'm in Idaho. We're at the Big Sky Conference Tournament. I am Coulter Nuanez. We'll be broadcasting from Idaho Central Arena each and every day this entire week. The Big Tech Conference Women's Tournament underway. Portland State posted a 71-51 win over Eastern Washington in the first game. NAU up 33-21 with 3 minutes and 41 seconds left here uh, in the second quarter. And we'll keep you apprised of all of that. Thanks to all of our great sponsors who made it possible for us to come to Boise, including Nick Tabor and Westpac Wealth. Why build a work history at a job when you can build a future in your own business? Westpac Wealth Partners is looking for entrepreneurial-minded people who are ready ready to take their future into their own hands. At Westpac Wealth, Nick Tabor and his associates provide their clients with financial tools and tested solutions for navigating this complex financial market. If you're looking for a long-term career in business, give Nick a call at 728-6708 or... 
Apply at westpacwealth.com. Chris Grace, our 25-part podcast series marches on. Sean Gokachia, he's a native of Stevensville, Montana. Here's an excerpt from his episode. Go to grizzgrates.com or search grizzgrates on all your podcasting platforms to find more about grizzgrates, the silver anniversary of the 95 national championship. Jason Crebo, who was an exceptional player and an exceptional mm-hmm. person, but uh, Jason didn't like to fly oh. panic on airplanes. <laughs> and for some reason or another, I, I sat across the aisle from Jason on the flight back from West Virginia that night, and as elated as we all were, he was still panicked every time the plane would uh, <laughs> duck or dive or move. And when that would happen, and it started me thinking, my God, I've just accomplished one of the greatest things in my life. Am I going to make it home to celebrate? <laughs> so everybody was astonished at the number and nature of people that were on the tarmac at the airport when we pulled in and we piled off the airplane and there were literally hundreds of people there. We then all went downtown Missoula and it was absolute bedlam. Couldn't go anywhere. The streets were filled with people. It was as close to the feeling of being a rock star as I've ever been and probably was never be again and it wasn't necessarily me everybody was wanting to see and talk to Dave Dickinson but we all followed in his way Grizz Greats, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions. I am Coulter Nuanas. You can find this podcast on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. Grizz Greats is presented proudly by ESPN Missoula, First Security Bank of Missoula, and Blackfoot Communications. Grizz Greats is a 25-part podcast series chronicling the 25th anniversary of the University of Montana's 1995 run to the Division I AA National Championship. In this Grizz Greats episode, we feature a local subject, Sean Gokachia. Gokachia hails from Stevensville, Montana, was a standout for the Yellow Jackets before getting an opportunity to play for his basically hometown Montana Grizzlies. Gokachia was a three-year starter at safety and was an all-league player as both a junior and senior for the University of Montana. Gokachia also had a brother, Mike Gokachia, who lettered at Montana between 1991 and 1994. And his perspective as someone from the Bitterroot Valley who helped lead the Grizz to the ultimate crown was one that was much appreciated. Without further ado, Chris Grace, the silver anniversary of the 1995 National Champions, featuring Sean Gokachia. When you first joined the Grizzlies then, first of all, give us some of the impressions of the class you came in with because it's so interesting to me that this this championship team had some outstanding seniors but was largely built on your class. That talented junior class had so many key contributors from the offensive line all the way to the entire defensive side of the ball. I mean, most of the guys that were standout defensively were juniors and sophomores on that team. So uh, what do you remember, though, about your initial impressions of your recruiting class? Did you guys come together? Did you bond pretty early on? Yeah, no question. Many of us bonded early on, and it was, uh, as you know, a very, very tight-knit class. You know, back then, unlike now, everybody gets together on social media and knows everybody before they even show up. Back then, I remember learning who was in my recruiting class mostly by reading what was in the paper. They list the 12 or 14 or 16 guys in the Missoulian on signing day, and that was it. That's all you. That's all you got. Some of those guys I knew from Shrine Game and those types of things, or knew from playing basketball, uh, but didn't know exactly who had committed. So early on, there was a bunch of unknown folks from out of state that, you know, you just don't know, you're uncertain about, and there's a handful of guys that you already know in state, and you just don't know what that bond's going to be like. 
But once we got on campus, I think it was pretty clear to most of us during that first year that we had a special group of guys. That bond grew, and it became way more obvious in our sophomore and junior year that this was an extra special group of guys. You know, we spoke to David Sermon, and he said that he thought the 94 team was great, that the 95 team was better, and that the 96 team was better still, and that those three teams are three of the top ten in the history of the program. Do you do you share those sentiments? And, and if so, why do you think it was such a unique and special sort of moment in time in the history of the Grizzly football program? I absolutely share that sentiment. I think the 96 team, and I'm not saying that just because we were seniors, but I, I think that 96 team and the underclassmen we had, you know, absent Dave Dickinson was the most talented team that's been there in a long time. And I think we'd have a second national championship to our name if it wasn't for a guy named Randy Moss. Uh, I can't quite put my finger on why it was that they had such a special three class run in those three years or maybe four or five class run because there's some overlap but I think one of the, the undeniable common denominators is Coach Reed uh, and, and people wanted to come play for him. He was the type of person that would attract talent but not necessarily kids who leapt off the screen athletically uh, he's, he's akin to what they're doing out in Seattle now with the team where they bring in these people that nobody thinks are going to be superstars and the next thing you know they've blossomed and become superstars that's the kind of knack that coach reed had and he was in in the end of his trajectory during that time so i think i would attribute it mostly to him when you first start working your way up then the depth chart you know 1993 as a redshirt freshman uh, you get a little bit of playing time then 1994 sort of a breakout year for yourself i know you weren't quite a starter yet but uh, piled up a bunch of tackles i know you were the special teams player of the year for the grizzlies that year but what do you remember just about the safety group in general the defensive back group in, in general and, and what was it like playing for the defensive coordinator who also happened to be the secondary coach in jerome sowers I'll start with that last one. Coach Sowers was uh, one of the best coaches I've ever had. He's he's a wonderful person, wonderful human being, and he's left a lifelong impression on not just me, but a whole host of players throughout his career. So I was honored to be able to play for him. Uh, It's an amazing thing looking back on it, even more so than when it was actually happening. The group we had in 94, so I came in as a safety, and there were a couple guys who were ahead of me in the depth chart, uh, one of those guys happened to be a guy I grew up with who, who was my brother. And so when I came into the program, I wasn't sure whether they were going to play me at outside linebacker or safety, and it, it didn't take long for Coach Sowers to come and say, look, are you comfortable competing with your brother? I said, absolutely, we've done it our whole life. So he, you know, next thing I know, I'm in the safety lineup and eventually work my way ahead of those classmen that are ahead of me and end up in a slot in 1994 right behind my brother, which was both good and bad because, you know, if you have a brother, you know that kind of competition, but at the same time, it's a love-hate deal where you're competing with him, yet he was willing to coach me in a way and help me along that in a way that nobody else would have if they'd have been in front of me. 
Talk about that process of being helped along because you blossomed into one of the great safeties, you know, that's come through the University of Montana. But you, you talked about the competition and the growth and the coaching that you got. But what was it like to actually, you know, show up there as a, as a freshman and, and, and kind of work through the stages and the progression to get to the point that you got to as a player? It's an interesting trajectory. First, you show up as a freshman, you're scared because you haven't seen people who are that big, that talented, who can run that fast. Then it takes you a little while to realize that you can play with them. You just have to get that through your head. Then you start to bond with those upperclassmen. And we had a group of upperclassmen safeties, including Todd Erickson, Sean Doris, my brother, uh, those kind of people, once you bond with them, once they learn to trust in you, once they realize that you can actually play the game, you know, like everything in family, they're there to pull you along and help you get better. Was there an element of pressure being a Montana guy playing safety? Because the, the safety position at Montana, especially over the last 30 to 35 years, has had so many tremendous players. But at that moment you mentioned, I mean, from Tim Houck to Todd Erickson, those are two of the most iconic players in Grizz history couple of the original number 37s. So do you remember there being sort of a mystique or an allure to play in that position as a guy from Montana for Montana? It was a huge deal, no question. Uh, when we came in as freshmen, uh, Blaine McElmurray from Troy, who uh, you guys obviously have talked to, who was my roommate at the time, and Blaine and I knew each other a little bit when we got there and got, got to be very good friends and remain friends to this day. You know, we came in and looked at it and said, you know, we've got a, a lot of, not pressure, but we've got a lot of responsibility to carry on this tradition because just as you point out, the safety position of the defense at the University of Montana has historically had some players that are exceptional, and you don't want to change that. You, you said, uh, obviously, Blaine was your roommate, but wh- what was the group of guys like, you know, in, in terms of just the – you talked about the bond a little bit that you guys ended up developing over time, but what were some of the things that you remember of just, you know, the coming together and the friendships during that time? You know, everything I've ever been involved in as a team sport before that, you have groups or pods of people that, you know, are close. And you're close with everybody on your team, but there's always a couple guys that you hang out with, uh, whether, you know, it's one or two here or there. That group was extra special, and I can't explain why. And it took a year or two to grow into this, but uh, offensively, defensively, didn't matter. Usually there's this offense-defense competition. We, of course, had that, but the group of guys we had in our class bonded across those lines. Dave Kempfert was also a roommate of mine in Blaine's, and, uh, you know, we, the three of us, spent lots of times together, but there was a group of uh, four or five defensive guys, Falls, Buffet, Sermon, Coon, Riley, they all lived together in the house. So I think, you know, any given week, three or four days a week, you'd find... 10 or 11 of us there hanging out, doing whatever it is you do in college during the off season, talking football, talking about what the future is going to hold. Tell us about the couple years leading up to 1995. The Grizz, upward momentum to be sure. Playoffs in 1993, but then a sort of a heartbreaking loss. A one-point loss to Delaware in 1994. One of the better, if not the best run in, in school history to that point going all the way uh, into the playoffs, deep into the playoffs, and then losing at Youngstown State. 
How do you think those two endings to the seasons sort of set the stage for the motivation and just the, the climate surrounding the team entering 1995? It was a huge deal. Uh, I'm a big believer now, and I, I didn't realize it then, but I think it's true that you know your failures are the only thing that can bring you true success. Uh, if you don't have experiences like that, particularly as a young, talented uh, class with a lot of depth that we were, the underclassmen, if you don't have those experiences where you watch those guys lose, you watch those guys lose their last game, and you know how that feels, it drives you, it drove us, no no question, to be better, and it drove us to be ultimately a more complete football team. So going into the 95 season, uh, we, we've asked a lot of guys kind of what they thought about the team going into it. I know there was confidence in that, but I guess maybe the, what I want to ask is, during the course of that season, particularly the regular season, what stood out to you as maybe the most important moments, games, uh, you know, memories that that sort of put this team on the track to go where it went? I would say to start out that season, definitely Boise State. Uh, we had been down to Boise the year before, and they put it to us, and they talked a lot about it, and I think uh, – there were some after-game incidents where they were taunting Coach Reed as he went to the press conference. I know that stuck with him. He talked about it a lot. We all remembered that. So when Boise came to Missoula that year, it was a big deal. And Coach Reed started talking about Boise State before we even played our first game that year. Uh, when we showed up on that Saturday and handled Boise State, I think it was the first time we all looked at each other and said, okay, this is a special team that can do special things. Uh, and then, you know, mid-season, I think the turning point for us was the loss at Idaho. That was a significant game for us. The defense had been, uh, I won't say so-so, but not up to par with the offense throughout the early part of the season. We'd given up more points. We, we show up at Idaho, and in the first half, I don't remember how many points they scored, but it was a lot, and we had zero answers for them. And we didn't end up winning that game. It was closer at the end, but we had no answers. And I'll never forget that Sunday morning when I showed up in Coach Sauer's office to talk to him. I expected him to be frustrated and angry, but he wasn't. He looked across his desk at me, and he said, You know, Goke, he said, Some days you eat the bear, and some days the bear eats you. And if you survive it, Thanks, guys. Safety from the University of Montana on their 1995 National Championship team. It is Grizz Greats. Please visit GrizzGreats.com or rate, review, subscribe on all your podcast apps. Grizz Greats is presented by First Security Bank of Missoula as well as Blackfoot Communications. Got to get out. We'll let you know what's going on the rest of the week. Right after this, you're listening to Nuanez now on 1029 ESPN Missoula as well as statewide SWX Montana Television. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home
Listen to Nuanez now, 102.9 ESPN Missoula, as well as statewide on SWX Montana Television. Thanks so much for riding home with us on a Monday. We are live from the Idaho Central Arena in Boise, Idaho. Halftime almost over between the NAU women and the Weber State women. We'll keep you apprised of all the scores and updates. I am Colton Nuanez. If you anything in the show today, you can find it on the podcast. Just search Nuanez now on all your podcasting platforms. And a rate, review, subscribe, all those good things. Great show today. Recapped all the high school action from over the weekend. Gave you a bunch of preview stuff for this tournament. And also shared a Grizz Greats episode with Sean Gokachia. Tomorrow in the show, we will have another great show lined up for you. We'll have recaps from the Lady Grizz win tonight. Or the Lady Grizz, I should say, probable win against Sacramento State. Maybe a preview of the Cat Grizz women's game. That will be the quarterfinals action tomorrow night. We also have our Treasure State Stars, which we always do. We're also going to be joined by Steve Keller. He's the head coach at Providence, which they are headed to the NAIA National Tournament. The team out of Great Falls heading to the NAIA National Tournament as a top seed. So we'll hear from Coach Keller. We also have another Grizz Greats with Kelly Stenzer, a Missoula native and a Hellgate alum. Thanks so much for being with us. We're excited to be in Boise. We hope we uh, take care of you with all the information you need to know out of here. Lady Grizz tipping about two hours, so we'll have a full recap on that as well. Stick right here on 129 ESPN Missoula. We'll be back with you at 4 o'clock. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to Black. Blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.